Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast. We remember and celebrate all things and everything classic TV. On this cold, rainy Monday morning, uh, it's interesting because I was over on um, YouTube and um, we already did an episode about this show several months ago, the TV show Switch which aired on CBS from 1975 to 1978. Now, although the show was on for three years and it was a pretty successful, mildly successful show, a lot of people either don't remember it or have never heard of it, unfortunately. Now, Switch is one TV show, just hearing the theme song alone. They had two themes, but that second theme in particular is the one that I remember. And every time I hear it or just see the show, it takes me back to my happy place. There's just something about Switch that I have a very strong affection toward that show, a very deep love for it. And after all of these many years, I have not forgotten it. So all of a sudden, I wanted to see if there was any Switch over on YouTube. So I, you know, did a search, and sure enough, an episode pulled up. An episode in its entirety, as a matter of fact, commercials and everything. So, of course, I watched it, and it was a lot of fun to see. It was from the third season, and uh, the air date for it was November the 4th, 1977. So I got curious, and I started to wonder, well, what else was on the night of November the 4th, 1977? It was a Friday night, and uh, so I went to a really awesome website called ultimate70s.com. This website is amazing because you can go from 1970 to 1982 and look up any date and find out what was happening in the world and in the country. You can find out about what was happening in the news, what was happening in sports, what the weather was like even, and of course what was on TV that night and what songs were um, the most popular in the country according to the Billboard charts. So I went to November the 4th. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to go back 46 years ago to that Friday night and see what else was on TV. And we're also going to take a look at some of the music that was happening on November the 4th. What was going on on the music scene. So we're going to take a look back at that Friday night today. So for starters, let's look over at NBC. NBC was in third place amongst the three networks. And we only had three back then, NBC, ABC, and CBS. NBC was the one that was in third place. Let's take a look at it first. Now, we're going to look at this in Eastern time because uh, the listings over on Ultimate70s.com, they print in Eastern time, which makes total sense. So at 8 o'clock, we have a short-lived TV show. I've heard of it, never seen it. It starred Don Rickles, and the show is called CPO Sharky. And the episode, it was like a, I think this, this series lasted for like about a couple of seasons, like two seasons or so. Like I've never seen it, but I have heard of it. And the top of the episode was Operation Frisco. The description of the episode, Sharky and his hefty crewmen volunteer for a secret submarine mission in which they must share close closet sized quarters to test the effects of stress. So that sounds like that was uh, probably going to be pretty interesting, seeing how that was going to be in a closet-sized quarters. 
uh, Sharky, Don Rickles' character, and a couple of hefty crewmen. Interesting. <laughs> and then at 8.30, we had Chico and the Man. Episode titled, um, the episode they showed that night was A Matter of Privacy. This was from the fourth season, the final season of this show, the sixth episode. Ed withholds a special delivery parcel from Mexico addressed to Raul because he suspects that the rumpled brown bundle contains pornographic material. Now, this is, of course, after Freddie Prinze had taken his own life earlier that year. And the character of Chico, um, they didn't address what happened to Chico in the beginning of the show. They just replaced him with a 12-year-old boy named Raul. And, uh, you know, that's something that we will have to discuss at another time. But uh, Ed, being very suspicious, not surprised that he would think that it was something negative. So that is uh, definitely typical Ed. Ed, of course, was portrayed by Jack Albertson. Now, the CPO Sharky episode that I just mentioned, Operation Frisco, was from Season 2, Episode 2. So I'm going to mention the season and the episode for each of these shows. After Chico and the Man, we had The Rockford Files, Requiem for a Funny Box, Season 4, Episode 6. A comic leaves Jim hanging with a homicide charge rather than admit to police that he has a file card box of jokes. Now, a lot to a lot of people's surprise, I just, I still to this day can't get into the Rockford Files, but I must say James Garner, definitely one of my favorite actors. It's kind of weird, I know, but I've seen him in other, you know, movies and TV shows. That's why I'm familiar with him, but um, that was one of um, NBC's actually biggest hits at that time, one of the shows that they had, you know, that was successful for the network, The Rockford Files. After The Rockford Files, another successful TV show they had over on NBC, Quincy, starring Jack Klugman. The episode titled Holding Pattern. This is up uh, season two, episode seven. Terrorists refuse to accept a warning from Quincy that the hostages they are holding have been exposed to a deadly virus. Quincy, always a good TV show to watch. It comes on Get TV weeknights. I'm not sure what time it comes on, but it's on Monday through Friday night. So if you get to get TV and you like Quincy, it's a great place to check it out. So that wraps up what was going on on NBC that Friday night. Let's take a look at ABC. We start off with Donnie and Marie, which I definitely watched that. I can guarantee you I watched Donnie and Marie. I watched it every Friday night without fail. This was season three, episode six, and it features the what's happening, guys. Raj, Dwayne and Rerun. Portrayed by Ernest Thomas, Haywood Nelson, and Fred Berry. Now, you know I was in TV heaven getting to see the What's Happening fellas on Donnie and Marie. Also in that episode were Paul Lind, another favorite of mine, and Jack DeLeon. After Donnie Marie, we had the Battle of the Network Stars, the third installment of that series. And uh, that finished out the night for ABC that night. That ran from 9 until 11. It was a two-hour event. This installment is over on YouTube. I watched it a couple of months ago. And some of those who were part of the installment were, of course, Howard Cosell hosted it along with uh, Telly Savalas. But amongst those who appeared that night were Suzanne Summers, Cheryl Ladd, Christy McNichol, Fred Berry, Jimmy Walker, 
Valerie Bertinelli, Michelle Phillips, Loretta Swit, Don Haggerty, and Gabe Kaplan. And of course, there were definitely many others who were a part of that battle, but those are just a couple who I remember from memory. But that, again, those were always so much fun to watch. I didn't start watching these until the fourth installment, which was aired, uh, which aired over on CBS in May 1978. So I missed this one. No doubt it must have turned off the TV or something. I would, I would do that when I was a kid, you know, let's say, okay, Donnie Marie went off. Knowing me, I turned off the TV and turned on the radio. <laughs> and then I would, something else was coming on later that I wanted to watch. Cause I was very diligent to be a little kid when it came to my favorite TV shows. I was very, very rigid about that. So, um, if something was on, I didn't want to watch, I would just turn the TV off and turn it back on. Um, in time for what I wanted to watch later, which is no doubt what I did that night. Uh, Believe it or not, um, at this very young age, I could already tell time. My mom taught my sister and I both very, very early in life how to tell time. So when we got to it in school, we already knew how to do it. So I got a lot of free time in the library because I already knew how to tell time. And my teacher was like, well, there's no need in you sitting in here going over what you already know. So you can go to the library until we get done. And being the avid reader I've always been, that was a special treat. So that covers ABC for Friday, November the 4th. Now let's go over to CBS. CBS, now this right here, definitely most unforgettable. The pilot of The Incredible Hulk. The very first episode to introduce us to... David Banner and Jack McGee and how it all got started and the Hulk, this was the beginning of it. It was two hours in length and it just really introduced us to the show, introduced us to everything about it and the ratings were so good that they had another episode to air the following month that December and then it became a regular series that spring of 1978, that March. But the description that's listed here on the Ultimate70s.com website is as follows. A scientist achieves mysterious superhuman strength when he is angered and puts it to good use. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno star in this pilot movie for the series. And I hate I missed that. <laughs> I hate I missed The Incredible Hulk Um, because I could have just watched Donnie Marie and then flipped to The Incredible Hulk and just left it there. But like I said, I I did not discover The Incredible Hulk until um, April 1978. So I again, I turned the TV off that night, no doubt, because I did not watch, um, didn't see the pilot until, oh, I don't remember when I did see the pilot of The Incredible Hulk, but it was not that night, unfortunately. Now, after The Incredible Hulk uh, aired at 10 o'clock, well, this is something that I definitely watched, Switch, the episode Fade Out. From season three, it is the, and I printed everything out, and I'm trying to find where that particular note is. Here we are. Season three, episode four, Fade Out. A movie producer hires Pete and Mac to protect his leading lady from attempts on her life. And as the movie producer, guess who played the movie producer in this episode? Casey Kasem. 
That's right, the Casey case. I mean, I was shocked when I saw him. You know, because when I saw this episode back then, well, we didn't, you know, know who Casey... Casey Kasem was not the legend that he would become later on down the road. I mean, he um, became... Well, I mean, he was doing the top 40 countdowns, so some people probably did know who he was. But I think those got even bigger in the 80s. And I might be wrong about that, but that's when I discovered who he was in the 80s when he was doing the top 40 countdowns every Sunday on the radio. But uh, yeah, that's who portrayed the producer who hired Pete Mack. So after looking at this TV guide summary, these TV, this TV guide listing for that night, what I did was I watched Donnie Marie turn off the TV, turned on the radio, and then at 9 o'clock, as I lived in Central Time, at 9 o'clock, I turned the TV back on to see switch So that's what was on TV on the night of Friday, February... <laughs> Friday, November the 4th, 1977. Now let's take a look at what's going on musically on that day. What was happening on the radio? What did I listen to on the radio that night since I turned the radio on? Well, what was playing? You know, what was happening? What was on Soul Train, American Bandstand? What was being played all across the country? I won't go through all of the songs that are listed because I printed out the top, ultimate70s.com prints out the top 100 songs for each individual date. It also even prints out songs that dropped out of the top 100 that week and also songs heading toward the top 100. So it just gives you all the information that you want to know about music. Like that's a great really thorough website. I highly recommend it. But we're going to go ahead and just take a look. We're going to start at the bottom. It's number 100. And we're going to, I'm not going to read off all the songs. It'll just take too long. Um, and you probably get kind of bored, but I'm just going to look through some of them, the ones that I remember. And we're going to just kind of just look through some of them. At number 99, we have Chic with Dance, 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 also known as Yowza, Yowza, Yowza. At 97, we have Falling. That's a great song from LeBlanc and Carr. And then as we move along, I'm going to print all this stuff out so I wouldn't have to write it all down. We have uh, Dancing in the Moonlight from, who did that song? Um, The Dramatics did that? Wait a minute. They're a little, this is a little bit, uh, the printout came out kind of weird. No, Thin Lizzy did Dancing in the Moonlight. The Dramatics did Shake It Well. Also, we have Heaven, um, Heaven's Just a Sin Away, The Kendalls. Don't remember that song. But here's one that sounds familiar, Echoes of Love by the Doobie Brothers. That's at number 84. Number 85, Getting Ready for Love from Diana Ross. We have the theme from Star Wars. And you know, Star Wars, you know, the biggest movie of the year. That, of course, was composed by the brilliant John Williams. We have, that's uh, at number 81. At number 80, we have You Can't Turn Me Off in the Middle of Turning Me On. That's a great song by High Energy. They were a group from Motown, if I'm not mistaken. And then we have George Benson at number 79 with the original version of The Greatest Love of All. Now, Whitney Houston redid that song in 1986, turned into a number one hit, but he was the original artist to perform it. And then we've got at number 78, one of my all-time favorites, Float On from The Floaters. Love that song. Classic, classic 70s soul. Late 70s soul. 
We have Helen Reddy at number 77 with Happy Girls, The Happy Girls. At number 76, having dropped way down, we have Don't Stop from Fleetwood Mac. Number 75, Money, Money, Money from ABBA. Number 73, Rose Royce with Do Your Dance, Part 1. Rod Stewart is at number 71 with my, with my all-time favorite song by him. It's called You're In My Heart. My favorite song by him, It um, one of those songs that takes me to a very sweet, nostalgic, happy place. Also, we have uh, Queen at number 67. We Will Rock You, followed by We Are the Champions. At number 66, Going Places from the Jacksons. Number 64, Fair Game, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Number 63, David Soul, Stone Stars, he and Hutch as Hutch with Silver Lady. And then we have, as we go along, we have the Bay City Rollers at number 62, The Way I Feel Tonight. Number 61, Cat Scratch Fever from Ted Nugent. Number 60, Love Gun from Kiss. 59, Sentimental Lady from Bob Welch. Number 58, Here You Come Again from Dolly Parton. Number 57, Slip Sliding Away, Paul Simon. Number 56, I Just Want to Be Your Everything, Andy Gibb. 55, Jungle Love from the Steve Miller Band. Number 53, Elvis, released shortly after his passing that August, Way Down. Aerosmith, Draw the Line, number 52. The Steve Miller Band again, number 50, with Swing Town. Now, these are two songs I remember very, very well. They both were climbing up the charts on that date. We have Every Time I Turn Around, Back in Love Again from LTD with uh, Jeffrey Osborne on lead vocals. And then right above it at number 48, we have Baby Come Back from Player. Right before them at number 47, we have Come Sail Away from Styx. And also, I forgot to mention at 54, we have Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft from The Carpenters. Best of My Love from The Emotions, which was a big number one hit for them that summer, was at number 46 that week. You have I Go Crazy at number 42 from Paul Davis. Number one, number 41, rather gone too far, England Dan and John Ford Coley. Fleetwood Mac yet again at number 40, You Make Loving Fun with Christine McVie on lead vocals. Duzig is at number 38 from Brick. Number 37, Telephone Line from the Electric Light Orchestra. Linda Ronstadt at number 36 with It's So Easy. Your Smiling Face, number 33, James Taylor. Surfing USA, Not by the Beach Boys. That was 1963, but there was a remake done by Leif Garrett, and it was at number 32 that week. I Just Want to Make Love to You from Fog Hat at number 31. And Isn't It Time for the Babies at number 30. We have Daybreak from Barry Manilow at number 29. Sit in the Clowns from Judy Collins at number 28. Another Beach Boys remake, this time from B.J. Thomas, Don't Worry Baby, at number 27. Strawberry Letter 23 from the Brothers Johnson at number 26, climbing up the charts. Another remake, this one from Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder's song that was remade, signed, sealed, and delivered. Signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm yours from Peter Frampton. 
Also a tribute to Elvis at number 25 from Ronnie McDowell, The King is Gone. Blue Bayou from Linda Ronstadt at number 23. She remade the Roy Orbison song, put her own spin on it. How Deep Is Your Love, Climbing the Charts was at number 22 from the Bee Gees. Uh, Our mom bought that 45 the following month. Funny thing about that song, she didn't know the name of the song. She just knew she liked it. We went to the uh, record store and she's like, I want to buy that song. And the, the girl was like a teenage girl, maybe early college girl. Mom is trying to tell her what the song is like or whatever, how it goes. And the girl's trying to help. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell my mom, um, it's How Deep Is Your Love, the Bee Gees. And she's kind of like, how would you know? <laughs> how would you know that? And so the girl was like, oh, I know that song. She might be right. That might be the song that you're looking for. Remember in those days, you could play the 45 at the record store and hear to make sure you're buying the right record. Well, the, the girl was waiting on us. She put the record on. And sure enough, bing, bam, that was the right song. From that day forward, my mom never questioned my musical abilities to pick out a song <laughs> ever again. And when my sister came along, she didn't question her as either. But that, of course, would be a number one song. But as of November the 4th, it's at number 22. Number 23, we have We Just Disagree from Dave Mason. Number 20, a song I remember very, very, very well from Stephen Bishop. It's called On and On. At number 19, Help Us on the Way from the Little River Band. I'm going to read the rest of the, since we're at the top 20 at this point, I'm going to just read the rest of the top 20, not skip over any more songs. Um, at number 18, Rita Coolidge, We're All Alone. Number 17, Foreigner, Cold as Ice. Number 16, Chicago, Baby What a Big Surprise, a favorite song of mine of theirs. At number 15, Eric Carmen, She Did It. Number 14, Barry White, My First Crush of All Time. It's ecstasy when you lay down next to me. At number 13, Fire Fall, Just Remember I Love You. Number 12, Have It on the Seventh Floor from Ronnie Mil- from Paul Nichols, rather. Number 11, Ronnie Millsap, It Was Almost Like a Song. Number 10, Johnny Rivers, Slow Dancing, My Uncle Bought That 45. I remember that. I remember him playing it a couple of times. At number 9, Crystal Gale with her big breakthrough hit, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. Number eight, Keep It Coming Love from Casey and the Sunshine Band. Very, very popular at that time. At number seven, another song I had to help my mother and uncle figure out the name of, Brick House by the Commodore. Saw him on the radio in his car one day, his 1977 Cadillac. They both just were, I was in the back seat, they were on the front, and they were like just really jamming to the song. I got to go buy that, but I'm going to name the song. And so I was trying to tell them it's Brick House. What? And I was, I was very shy. I was a very shy little kid. And so they asked me like twice, what? What'd you say? What's the name of the song? I said, Brick House, the Commodores. Now, how did she know that? Oh, that baby's so smart that I got really embarrassed. Because I was very, very shy as a little girl and I was also easily embarrassed. So uh, they, they actually both went out and bought Brick House. They did. They both went out separately and bought the 45. So that's uh, my Brick House story. At number six, Donna Summer, the queen of disco with I Feel Love. 
At number five, one of my, another crush of mine, Sean Cassidy, that's Rock and Roll. Number four, Heat Wave with Boogie Nights. Number three, Mako with the Star Wars theme, Cantina Band. Now, this was a discovery of the Star Wars theme, and it peaked at number one. In second place, Carly Simon from the James Bond film, Nobody Does It Better. That was at number two. And the number one song as of February, um, why do I keep saying February? The number one song as of November the 4th, 1977, Debbie Boone, the daughter of Pat Boone, You Light Up My Life, which was the biggest hit of the year. You Light Up My Life peaked at number one and it was at the number one spot for 10 weeks earning Debbie Boone a couple of Grammy Awards the following year. And uh, that song, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with it. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people are me. I I love it again. Loved it back then, but got really tired of it and fell out of love with it. But now I love it again. I don't listen to it a lot. But when I do, it's a lot of fun for me to listen to. Very, very nostalgic feeling and uh yeah, definitely one of the biggest songs of the entire decade. But I uh, just wanted to take a look back with you to share with you what was happening in music and TV on Friday, November the 4th, 1977. So after I found it out myself and I watched that episode of Switch and I went and did all this research on ultimate70s.com, I wanted to turn it into an episode and share it with you all today. So I hope this brought back some happy memories for you all out there. If you uh, don't remember 1977, because we do have some viewers who, you know, uh, listeners rather, who hadn't come along yet. My sister hadn't come along. You know, she came along, you know, a few years later. We do have some listeners who were not here, like I said, at the time. But I hope that you enjoyed hearing what TV and uh, the music was about at that time. And some of these songs, some of you might know. Some of the TV shows you might know, or maybe you want to go check out on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you get your music. And maybe you want to go check out, you know, where you can see the pilot of The Incredible Hulk. It's not on YouTube anymore, unfortunately, but the entire series is available on DVD as well as Blu-ray. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. So you might want to check out, you know, Quincy, Donnie Marie, uh, The Incredible Hulk. You might want to go see that Switch episode like I did. See those original commercials within it. But I hope that, like I said, this was a fun episode for you, just like it was for me, because I had a great time getting this together. I really had a lot of fun doing the research and reminiscing and uh, looked so forward to bringing it all, you know, to you today. So on that note, today's episode will go ahead and come to a close. We'll have another one coming up later in the week. Thank you for following this podcast. If you'd like to become a follower, just hit that follow button and you won't miss any episodes. You'll hear each one as they drop. You won't be late for any of them. You won't miss a thing. Please leave us a rating and a review if you have the time over on Spotify. Uh, Ratings really do help us and help the podcast and they help you as well. So thank you for those of you who have left ratings for us already. And uh, thank you for your time, first and foremost. Thank you for joining us every time we come on and we get together and bring a new episode and uh, put it out there for you. Thank you for your time, which is beyond invaluable. And we will see you on the next episode.